Hi, this is Ellie Fishman. Welcome to part two on the evaluation of gastric tumors. And we were speaking about gastric cancer before talking about spread, spread to nodes and spread to liver. Typically, liver mets are hypovascular. Mets are necrotic, can be solitary or multiple. You can see in this case, not only are there liver mets, but there are nodes by the celiac axis, and you see a bulky tumor in the antrum of the stomach. One thing I do make the point, I always talk about sagittal views and coronal views, and sagittal views are especially helpful in the stomach, particularly when you get down to the antrum. You can see the transition points, and very nicely here, see the posterior wall of the gastric antrum infiltrated by tumor. On the axials, or even coronals, you may not appreciate it quite as well. Articles in the past by Kim made the point that using the multiplanars plus the axials allows you to better predict tumor invasion. So particularly for tumor spread, it's much more accurate. Uh, Preoperative prediction of T4 tumors is particularly important in determining resectability and optimal uh, extent of surgery. Researchers in some studies reported that the combined resection of invaded organs increased mortality and morbidity, and T4 tumors have been traditionally regarded as unresectable. And so the importance of being accurate and calling things T2 or T3 or T4 is indeed important. Here's a good example of a uh, stent in the stomach, diffuse infiltration in the stomach, almost a linitis plastica type appearance, and you can see the tumors growing downward in the gastrocolic ligament and now infiltrates the patient's transverse colon and mesentery, very nicely shown on the 3D imaging as well. But you can see beautifully the infiltration down and the involvement of the transverse colon. Now when you look at this case, Yes, I know you could have eaten uh, 10 cheeseburgers before, but when you see a lot of food in the stomach, to me it means delayed gastric emptying. And there are a number of reasons for that, but I always think about tumor. And if you look carefully here, you see the antral infiltration, and then you see carcinomatosis. And the carcinomatosis on the omentum, on the mesentery, you see the ascites, but it's only when you go into the data set can you really see that. And here just nicely shows you the transverse col transverse positioning of the stomach and the antral infiltration, and then the carcinomatosis with the increased distance between the transverse colon and the posterior abdominal wall, very nicely shown and circled here. Gastric cancer is also one of the tumors that gives you metastasis to the ovary, so-called Krukenberg tumors, which is a great example here. Now, V.S., what's the problem with gastric cancer? I think the biggest challenge is small tumors. You know, we talk about whatever technique you use, you pick up tumors late because small flat tumors are difficult to see. A lot of the work in Japan, because of their increased incidence of gastric cancer, revolved around doing detailed CT or fluoroscopy to look for those on plaque lesions. We talk about difficulty in defining direct invasion. And we talked about the fact that small nodes may be positive. So typically celiac, anything above six millimeters, you're gonna call positive. Now in terms of pitfalls, I like to remind people of this. If you have an ulceration, or if you have biopsy, and then maybe even a small perforation, but even a biopsy with no perforation, the area around the area of biopsy in the soft tissues shows stranding. So you can look at this case and say the patient has carcinomatosis with spread on the omentum. There's definitely abnormality anterior to the stomach going down to the omentum, but that's because the patient had a perforated ulcer. So ulcer, biopsy can all make you overcall disease. So you want to be very careful. If the patient had a recent biopsy, 
take that into consideration, particularly if they did deep biopsies. And here's just a couple more images showing that as well. You don't want to take a stage two patient and make them into a stage four patient. So this becomes very important indeed. And here's just another example showing you the, basically the same thing, the infiltration, the extension, and there it is sitting right on the uh, interior to the stomach beneath the liver. So again, spread becomes important. Now we talk about differential diagnosis, we talk about lymphoma. It used to be said lymphoma was bulkier, 5 uh, cm or greater, but now we pick up lymphoma when it's not so bulky. We talk about gist tumors, which can be small. Usually it's not an issue because they're usually larger and they're exophytic, so that's not typically a problem. We talk about METs as a possibility. We talk about gastritis and H. pylori infection. There are a few things, including the latter two, that can actually simulate gastric infiltration and simulate a tumor. So let's look at gastric lymphoma. The most frequent GI site of malignant lymphoma, up to 5% of gastric malignancies, and most are non-Hodgkin's. Non-Hodgkin's gastric uh, disease, primary gastric Hodgkin's is extremely rare. There are risk factors for GI lymphoma, celiac disease, HIV, ulcerative colitis, Crohn's, immunosuppression following organ transplant. For example, patients with celiac disease have a 200-fold increase for developing lymphoma. So again, past history becomes very important in patients. We talk about gastric spread of lymphoma, very much like fluoroscopy. Polypoid masses, diffuse infiltration, ulcerating masses, and increased nodularity and diffuse infiltration. We talk about, again, this five centimeters or better, but the truth is we pick up things so much earlier now we talk about the infiltration, not stopping at duodenum, but going through into duodenum, and not stopping at the duodenum. We talk about polypoid masses. We talk about adenopathy. We talk about the difference between lymphoma and adenocarcinoma. Again, the adenopathy, if it's bulky, more likely lymphoma. Adenopathy beneath renal hilum, more likely lymphoma. Nodes are larger. There's more mesenteric nodes. And perigastric fat planes are a little bit better defined in most cases. We talk about things like malt lymphoma or mucosa-associated lymphoid tissue in a low-grade lymph, which is the low-grade lymphoma. It's associated with H. pylori infection, very much adenocarcinoma, and it seems that almost everything is with H. pylori infection. Most common finding is thickening, and it can look similar to a gastric adenocarcinoma. So here's just a good example. This is a patient Look at the antrum, there's infiltration, there's no doubt malignancy. But with the history, we thought it was an adenocarcinoma, or at least I thought that. I didn't see a whole lot of nodes. You can see it here as well. It's infiltrating, it's not very bulky. That was lymphoma. Or in this case, stomach is well distended. Look at the transition in the antrum downward. And you can see when you look at the coronals, the infiltration of the the body and the antrum. Now again, if you said this was adenocarcinoma, I would have a hard time arguing with you. You could see it on the sagittal view, beautifully shown, and the sagittal view gives you the cinematic, where you can see the infiltration of the stomach, the distended stomach with fluid, and here it is on the sagittal view. Look how nicely you see the duodenal invasion 
uh, by the patient's angel carcinoma. Just a beautiful example. And again, creating a number of 3D views. Not much has been written. We published one article on cinematic rendering. But you can see the kind of detail you're able to get. Very impressive of the details. Or in this case, look at the lesion in the antrum. Beautifully shown. Or in this case, a patient with GI bleeding, diffuse wall thickening, blood clot in the stomach. Here's the coronal volume rendered views, very nicely shown. And again, ulcerations are not uncommon. Now, if you have an ulceration, even a bleed, it doesn't mean you have malignancy, but you have to be concerned about that. Now, here's a good example of a case where the path was negative, and I read the scan, and I said, this is lymphoma. It's big. It's bulky. It's a lot of nodes. I guess if I was wrong, it could have been an adenocarcinoma. But the one thing is not. It's just inflammation. And look at the extent of infiltration. This was rebiopsied. It was lymphoma. So lymphoma, again, the clinical history sometimes helps. There's a lot of overlap, but I see bulky masses, non-exophytic. I'm thinking about lymphoma which kind of leads us into the next category, which are GIST tumors, gastrointestinal stromal tumors. They occur anywhere from the esophagus to the anus. About two-thirds are in the stomach, and about a third are in the, uh, the small bowel. They arise from a common precursor cell. They display spindle cell and epithelial and morphologic features. They're CD117 and protein positive. They're CD34 protein positive as well. So there's certain lab values that really help you. It's a small percent of tumors, but we are seeing more GIST tumors. Up to a third are malignant. And malignancy usually is size-related, over 5 cm, extra gastric location, higher mitoses, greater than 1 per 50 high-powered field. The typical appearance, exophytic. One of the things with GIST tumors, sometimes you're not really sure they're arising from the stomach. They're so exophytic, you think maybe it abuts the stomach. Ulcerations are common. Malignant GISTs are often inhomogeneous. A small percent are malignant. METs are the most common site to liver. Good example, here's a GIST tumor in the gastric fundus. Okay, smooth, well-defined, sharply marginated. Here's another one, same location. Here it is again, beautifully shown. Or this case, look at that mass in the stomach. You see the fluid around it? Now that's a bulky tumor. That's classic gist, but it's intraluminal. And you can see when I do the 3Ds, it's like a big stellite hanging off a cave, right? Look how it sits right into the stomach. Classic for a gist tumor. There's nothing else that can look like that. You can have adenocarcinoma. It grows into the stomach, but it grows exophytically as well. Lymphoma is not giving you those polypoid masses like that. And METs, I guess METs, occasionally I've been fooled, but that's really unusual. And when it's coming off the wall, it's going to be a GIST tumor like this. Another example, here's another GIST with an ulceration. It's mainly exophytic. And here it is in the coronal view. So one of the things you see from this case, and here's the ulceration on the sagittal view, is the bulkiness and how the tumor is exophytic. So sometimes there's some portion in the stomach and some portion exophytic. And you want to be very careful. This case also is very good at showing you how these large tumors can ulcerate. Another example, here's a smaller tumor, exophytic, intraluminal, benign gist tumor, very nicely shown. And on the sagittal view, you can see how it kind of hangs off the stomach on the greater curvature. And then here it is in 3D as well. We talk about just tumors being small. Here's one that's only a centimeter. Okay.
and here's one that's over seven centimeters. Again, exophytic. These can be resected. The patient will get Gleevec and then get resection. But you can see why it could be resected. And here's just a good example of it coming off of the patient's stomach. Again, some of it's intraluminal, but the majority of it is going to be exophytic, very nicely shown. And you can see in this example, look at the size of the tumor. Off the stomach involving the spleen direct extension, you could say pancreatic cancer, some sort of sarcoma. Maybe it's just a big mass in the left upper quadrant invading spleen and stomach. This was a gastric gist tumor. Beautifully shown, here's some of the coronal views. You see the bright blush centrally. You see this example of the, the tumor. A little change in the vasculature, areas of calcification. Or this example, large exophytic mass. I think the hardest thing with just sometimes until you get used to them is you're not really sure it's the stomach. The larger ones tend not to be as vascular. In this case, it's necrotic. And on the venous phase, you see both the solid and cystic component. We talk about necrosis, particularly post-Gleevec. This tumor is a big infiltrating gist tumor, but now you can see perforation and you could see the tumor extension downward. And you can see, as you get closer, just the ulcerations in the patient's tumor. Very, very important. And we talk about gastric spread. We talk about spread here on the omentum nodes. So gastric gist tumors, you don't get the same carcinomatosis you commonly get with adenocarcinoma, perhaps, but you have your own patterns and your own directions of spread. Very nicely shown here. And again, if you told me this is metastatic melanoma or lymphoma, I couldn't argue with you. Look how extensive the disease is. And again, gastric component now pushing under duodenum. Here it is hypodense mass. Here it is in 3D. Here it is with volume rendering. And again, look at the differential appearance of that tumor pushing up. Very nicely shown. Now, you can be fooled sometimes. This is a big tumor, and you say, okay, it's a big tumor. It could be a gist tumor. Uh, this was modeled enhancement. It doesn't have the vascularity of a gist tumor, particularly a gastric gist tumor. This was at surgery a liposarcoma. And I know liposarcomas are the most common retroperitoneal mass. They often have low attenuation. The tumors have fat within them, but not always. And look how necrotic this patient's tumor is. And if you just said a sarcoma, you would be right. But this was a liposarcoma. We talk about METs or other primaries. Vascular lesion in the stomach, multiple lesions. You've got to think about carcinoid. Um, carcinoid tumors are not uncommon. Here's a good example where the stomach is distended. Okay, and there's a mass in the stomach. There was a carcinoid tumor. So again, when you see vascular lesions in the stomach, think about accessory spleens. Think about regenerating nodules. Think about things like carcinoid tumors. Beautiful, beautiful example with the vascularity. And then here's a good example of how easy the lesion was to miss. Uh, once you knew it was there, it was easy to see. And here it is on the coronal views. So you're looking for smaller things. You're not necessarily looking for large, bulky masses, but just beautiful visualization of the patient's gastrocarcinoid tumor. And here it is from a sagittal perspective and you see the SMA and celiac look good. In terms of the last thing to mention, gastric carcinoid tumors, let me just mention very vascular lesions, multiple lesions within the stomach, multiple polypoid masses are present. So with that, let, let me stop.
and then we'll do part three. So I've covered a number of things. I've covered from adenocarcinoma. I've then taken you through lymphoma. I've taken you through uh, uh, GIST tumors. We're going to take you through other areas like metastasis. So we'll take a break and see you back in a couple of minutes. Bye. If you liked what you heard here today, please make sure to hit that subscribe button and visit our website, ctss.com, for lectures, quizzes, pearls, and more. Also, be sure to check out our apps that are available for free on the Apple Store. All links are in the description box below.